We did it. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> Our very own show. Our very own show. <laughs> you can make costumes right. in my mom. <laughs> right in this old barn. Light bright, making things, things with light. Out yeah. of sight, out of right? sight out making of sight. things things are light bright. And then with the day you figure out you can make a kiss sign on your light bright. Oh boy. Oh, that's a big day. Of course, you're at Ear and Loathing, episode six. Six, it is, sir. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you about, you guys. I forgot. Um, and we can, I can probably edit this out of the uh, of the episode. But we have episode one, and I was <clears throat> listening to it, hmm. and and uh, we we briefly referenced it earlier. It's an episode that we did as a test, and uh, so it's all shitty Zoom quality audio. As what about the post machine? We can put in the post machine, can't we? <laughs> Not to remove this, oh, the, the, the Zoom garbage. It doesn't take shit off. Yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> it, that's baked in. But uh, it, the, the content really was funny. It's a really good episode. So I'm wondering what you got your opinion. I'm not trying to uh, kind of like take over this, the, this, this discussion, but I, I would like your opinion. Should we just put one, number one up as number one? Or do we just... Because if if we eventually unveil it as an episode, it's an official episode. We Lost had, episode. We bonus had a episode. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. But we, it's an official episode. It, there was a torture chamber session. Uh, there was a score. Somebody who won, Aaron, I think. I was being tortured. One. I think wasn't. I? Oh, you were being, being tortured, tortured, and George yeah. won. Yeah. Right, right, right. I right. won. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I put it up later on our various media, like social media places and YouTube and everything, it's going to be out of order. Now, do we have OCD about that kind of thing? Like, cause episode one is like after like episode 15 or something. Yeah. Put it up. I think you should put yeah. it up and then you First, can even put like, you could put, you could tack on a, a something in the front, welcoming people to this notion. And you can say, so this first episode is a test episode where we're putting the, where we're like seeing what this is. And so there's some differences between this and the rest. So if you want to start once we figured it out on two, do it. Fuck it. Fuck you. Yeah. Or you can start now. But like, it might be nice to put that up front so you could say, okay, apologize for it, but just say, if you like this, you don't have to deal with some of the problems that's <laughs> <in this laughs> moving forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We figured out the audio starting in episode two, and it's only getting better every time. Yeah, people are hip to po- podcast issues. Like things become the thing down the road. So yeah. like, so you don't have to apologize for it, but you know. Okay, I'll do. I'll start with episode one, and we'll just call it episode one. Actually, guys, yeah, I think the fans. I speak for them. When I say, like, I like, I like old school ear and loathing. I like the first episode. Anything after that, I, I like the old school <laughs> we, stuff. I don't like any of the ear and loathing. Sold out after uh, episode, episode four one. is bullshit. Yeah. When they when when ear and loathing <laughs> signed to a major label, yeah, it just bullshit. After that, just all about the you know money and the A and R guys and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here at episode six officially, and. Uh, we are the Gitmo Bros. We are also number one rockers forever. Yes. And I'm Damon. I'm joined here in Los Angeles, the entertainment capital of the world, by George White. And I'm sizzling. He is. <laughs> you, I don't even want to touch him. May burn my finger. And then calling in from the North Star, my North Star, who do we have? It's me, Aaron. What's going on? 
<laughs> Sup, Aaron? <laughs> just, just doing it out here. Hi, how are you? What's going on around here? <laughs> Any parties tonight? <laughs> All right. So, uh, let I guess today we have George in the in the torture chamber. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is always fun. Oh yeah. He usually deserves some sort of torture, and I have a surprise for you guys. Mm. I have not a theme song, but a bumper for a little bumper for Kibitz Corner. Let's hear it. Oh my gosh. This is, this is exciting. <laughs> and so here we go. I hope Aaron can hear it okay. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now, was that you that on, was, on voice? That was voice me, yeah. That's your southern? That that was me. I'm a southern. I'm from there, Alabama. I'm offended. There's actually a, a funny story about that because I possibly the worst guy on the planet to do accents. I'm just really terrible at it. So, well, what happened was I did like six or eight different versions of of, of what I considered quote unquote southern accents or kind of hillbilly accents, and they all were shit. It was it was like, hey, there's Damon trying to do goofy. You sound you know, like, like one of the country bears. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, co- the country jamboree this bears. Kibitz Corner. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, there's, there's a, you'll, I could play him for you. I won't do it now, but I could play you for me going, look, welcome to Kibitz Corner. It's like, shut up, you asshole. My but, name's Jed. But in, in and amongst all of those were, was me uh, doing something that didn't sound like me. Which was that that you just heard? And I went, oh, okay, that actually sounds authentic only because it doesn't sound like me being an asshole. I wasn't sure if it was you. (laughs) So, so that's a that was just a fun little throwaway. If we if you guys don't like it, we can move on. But either way, we'll. I love it. Of course, you just you just made policy, friend. Yes, making policy. So uh, when it is time for Kibitz Corner, that means the guy who was in the torture chamber gets to present an, uh, a discussion uh, question or a discussion topic, and yes. we, we'll, we'll go with it. So go ahead, George. Hi. Um, so uh, my thing this week, very, very short thing, then I'll explain, but just while you ponder this, is Prince a great guitarist or just a good one? Uh-oh. Great. Well, yeah, and they're, you, okay, they're, right, discussion okay. over. Discussion <laughs> over. Okay, I just, what, I just, what else do you want to know? Okay, that that it's that short thing. That's, you played that's the, all. That's played all. The, played the bumper right there. It's great. Give it it's corner. great. Give it corners over. That's it. I just I I uh, let me I'll explain that. Um, yesterday I was Hi, with there. our friend. <laughs> Welcome to Kibitz Corner. <laughs> I was uh, with our friend Bingo mm-hmm. yesterday having some drinks and stuff, and um, we we're just talking about music and stuff. And it then it um, I started the uh, I started the discussion about who's the greatest solo artist ever. Greatest solo. And there's so many arguments to be made. We went back, you know, there's Elvis, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. Sinatra. Sin- well, I was thinking rock era. But oh, rock. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and, there, you know, and then, of course, for me, it came up between Bowie or Prince. Mm. The, for me, personally, that was where I came out. And I said to Bingo, well, the thing is, I, Bowie, I probably like Bowie more. I know this is such a hot topic for you, Aaron. <laughs> I, I probably like Bowie more. His songs mean more to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that I thought maybe from outside, I'd have to say maybe Prince or give Prince the edge because he's a great guitarist. Mm. And and then Bingo said, well, is he? And we went and, and Bingo said he's gotten discussions with people about this, has to be careful about, well, look, I know Prince is a great artist, but I don't think he's a great guitarist. He's a good guitarist, but he's not great. So then I went 
I looked up on the internet. I looked up lists. I looked up different discussions on boards. And there is a discussion about this. And I said, that's, this is great. I'll bring it up because I, I, I think I know where you guys are come down on it, but I was surprised there was a discussion about this. And also when I looked up lists of great guitarists, oddly, there was a fair amount of guys. I mean, because I don't know if you feel different. I was like, David Gilmore, really? <laughs> like Prince isn't on this list, but David Gilmore is. Right. Yeah. You know, or even Eric Clapton. I know you feel about that, Damon. Yeah. Yeah. And he's on every one in the top five. Right. Eric Clapton, always top five. And to me, and Prince is a great guitarist. I mean, my thought is if he was in it, if he, he was just in a band where he just played guitar, he'd be in that conversation. Sure. Of top 20, let's say, or maybe even 10. Yeah. And I even brought up with, with, with uh, Bingo about what about, you know, my guitar gently weeps. What? Because that was such a moment where people went, "Fuck, he's really good." Right, right, right. You know, and 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 Bingo said, "Yeah, but that's not that great." And I said, "Really, you don't think so?" He goes, "No, he's. Don't get me wrong, he's really good, but he's in the conversation of great." And I thought, "Huh." And then and then we've gotten a whole discussion about uh, Bingo thinks. I think he said Vince Gill, the country guy, was a motherfucker of a good, which I didn't know. And then what we really landed on too was that um, Glenn Campbell. Is he? Okay. That that Glenn Campbell was a fantastic guitarist and in that's what it's what he did in the wrecking crew. But he doesn't get remembered as that because he was a singer and you don't think of him as a guitar player. Right, right. The same thing the same thing with Prince really, where you don't he, you think of him as something else. That's not what I was really. gonna say about this point, is that is that the icon the icon prince is one of everything. He's a virtuoso piano player, he's a writer, you forget that he plays but some people forget that he plays everything. He could sound check right. everything with the exception of like horns uh, and like get it exactly the way he wants it. And then also Prince could shred and play beautiful like jazz all while dancing and moving and directing a band uh, and, and emoting to an audience. Um, so I would say without a doubt that he is great and then what I love about him recently is I was I was reading a article from right around the time uh, around the world in a day was about to come out, mm. and the first post Purple Rain album. Yeah, and it was yeah, it right. was a yeah. it was an, a Rolling Stone article that remember when it came out, Damon, where it was the Raspberry Beret video photo. Yeah, on the, on Rolling it's all Stone. pixelated with the cloud yeah. suit or whatever. And that, like, yeah, yeah, and that was right, on yeah. purpose because like it, that he wouldn't sit for a. He decided he suddenly didn't want the thing to come out, but they're like, "We're going to put the interview out." He goes, "Well, I'm not going to sit for. I've already moved on. That's that was famous Prince. I've moved on from this idea. By the right. time an album comes out, he's not interested in promoting it because he's moved on to whatever is happening next. <laughs> right. So he was just talking about <clears throat> being a guitar hero. And how it was so easy. And it was this real, not so subtle racism of the time and maybe still where, you know, if they were going to compare him to anybody, it was de facto, it was going to be fucking Hendrix and not, right. <laughs> and it was only going to be because he was black and, and, you know, there was, you know, and, and, and they were showmen both. So like, it's not just cause he's black, but it was easy for Whitey to say that, I think at the time, and yeah. he would always say, and and in the article, he's very <laughs> open, very unprints, like just driving around with a guy all over North Minneapolis and da 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 da, and talking the whole time, saying, "Look, if I would be compared to anybody, y'all are missing it. It should be Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana yeah. is is a way prettier player. That's what I'm about. 
I can do that loud, crazy stuff like Hendrix, but like, I'm really about this. And it made me think about a lot of like what we came to understand later, what a big fan of Neil Sean he was and how much that San Francisco guitar sound was what he was about. And if you retroactively listen to Prince from all stages of the game, you could really, really hear that. You could really, really hear the Neil Sean and, and the Carlos Santana vibe. Big hooks, big melodic stuff, not just Shreddy Kruger business, you know? Yeah. And so for all those reasons, I, I would say that without a doubt, he falls into the great for me. And absolutely, by the way, David Gilmore, fuck yeah. One really? of the tastiest okay. in the business. Okay. Yeah, like not, yeah. it's just it's not, a, not a question. Okay. So that's, that's Damon, my two where cents. do you come down? Well, if if you're gonna be be sort of an impartial judge of this argument, uh, I guess what people are saying is, does Prince have a style that was like super innovative, or because because if you're putting the like Van Halens and the Hendrixes and the and the you know Steve Ray Vaughns or whoever into this category of greatest guitarists of all time, you kind of have to go, well, that's because they innovated something, right? A style or a sound so, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, does Prince have that in his in his uh, in his utility belt? I invented a style of playing. I don't. I can't really think of anything. Mm. Um, I, I don't. To me, it's Prince is like so weird because I've gone through the checklist and I've said I can't. I think of a a, a more entertaining artist. Meaning mm-hmm. Prince does everything. Like Aaron said, okay, he doesn't play horns. Maybe he does. We just don't know. But <laughs> no, he can. He's just not, he probably didn't consider him. It shows that he didn't record them. Yeah. Right. But think of like Aaron, you know, went through the whole checklist of, of, of instruments he plays. He, his whole, his first like three albums, he played everything. Right. From drums, yeah, he's stage ready. He's stage yeah. ready, recording ready on drums, bass, guitar, keys. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great vocalist. He's a great dancer. He's a, you know, he, he name any other artist that not one of Michael Jackson is an instrumentalist, right, you know? Right. Uh, right. And he know, didn't write. I Paul mean, McCartney, not in the same way. Paul McCartney is as, as fluid on all instruments and as great a songwriter and as great a singer as Prince doesn't perform like Prince. Paul right. McCartney kind of stands in one place while right. Prince right. dances around the yeah. whole, right. the whole, uh, the whole stage. So I always think of Prince's guitar playing as this key component in also like his contemporaries like i said michael jackson or whoever like rick james or uh you know whoever were kind of like the r&b artists at the time like Mm -hmm. nobody played guitar like prince there's no there wasn't one i I can i can think of like there were probably good guitar players like ray parker jr or something was like ron (laughs) ron isley ron isley was great but didn't but wasn't doing what prince was doing either yeah, right. so yeah. so like to me, his guitar playing is great only because it's such a it's such a fucking mind blowing part of his overall right zeitgeist or or whatever the word is his whole presentation it's the part yeah. of the package. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so uh, define great because I would say Clapton's a quote great guitar player just because he's he's a professional. Mm-hmm. Great, the, great guitar player that you can rely on to play anything you need him to. I've seen him like in in like the George Harrison backing band where he was a session. He's almost like a session backup guy, and then he can also step up and do really solid solos. It, my issue with Clapton is like he's not he's not the genius that everybody says he is. I think mm-hmm. I don't think his solos are anything all that interesting. But so Prince is certainly on that level of quote great guitar player just because he. I keep saying is in the present tense, but right, yeah. Prince lives on in my mind. Um, but uh, he, I put him in uh, on the great list only because he's 
can just do anything on the guitar he wants to, whether he wants to pick up an acoustic guitar and do some folk picking or just to shred like, you know, yeah, like uh, Jimi Hendrix or something. By the way, on the Jimi Hendrix thing, like Prince, on one hand, Prince is right. There probably is like this sort of veiled racial component to people automatically comparing him to Jimi Hendrix. But at the same time, like Prince is wearing long like frock coats with 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 frilly sleeves right yeah. he has a he, his biggest song was purple rain what was what was Jimi hendrix's biggest song purple haze yeah right so he, he kind of it made all these connections to Jimi hendrix and then pulled back and said that's why does everyone say i'm like Jimi hendrix right. i think that yeah. he would say he would have acknowledged that that's absolutely a component but like what he did was he could do that. And I always imagine that part of why he would do that is because he's a calcul- he was a calculating man and was mo- was monitoring perception of him and how to get over, meaning get over as a black artist into the white market. And by getting over, he needed to step up the rock. So you like he put his foot in a new wave to get over to the white market. And then he then he upped it. With the notion like, oh, okay, I'm going to get him. And I'll bet you anything that he was paying close attention to what, what was going on with Duran Duran. Because it was weird that New Wave would jump into America the way it did to the masses. And you could make the argument that it was because of Andy Taylor. And there, mm-hmm. was, there was rock riffs in what they did, which was yeah. unlike what else was happening in New Wave. And as a result, it didn't jump. The, I mean, the girlies loved it. But... There's an argument there, and I'll bet you he was clocking that because I don't think he missed a fucking trick. So I of think course, it was just yeah. fucking design, design, design. And for that, again, that's another reason why he was a genius. But this, you know, specifically about guitar, so I get that. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to stop. <laughs> Once you open that ball on him, yeah. it's hard to stop. We're going to oh, be boy. at the end of this episode still talking about it. It, it, re- it reminds me of a member at the height of all this in the mid-'80s. Um, Eddie Murphy used to do that impression of Little Richard. And I think Little Richard actually said this. We, when he, uh, he'd go, he'd go, Prince is nothing. He, he, Prince is nothing. Me and Jimi Hendrix in the 80s. That's who he is. Me and Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bad Little Richard, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and, uh, little, I thought, and little Richard was paramount for all those dudes from everybody right, yeah. that you just mentioned. Right. Little Richard yeah. was the yeah. god. Right. And that was, but remember, you including remember, David was, Bowie. Including yeah. David Bowie. The yeah. prime man. I have, I have one question before we close this. Um, do either of you know... Was Prince's, I'm going to say, main instrument, when he wrote a song, did he sit down and write it with a guitar? I'm a, Yeah, a guitar piano. I mean, yeah. Yeah. are you asking the difference yeah, between, yeah. Like, no, between did, those did, two? Did he do that? Was that his main I think the answer writing is yes. instrument? It yeah. probably was. Yeah, that's what I feel yeah. like. Yes, and, both. And that's really yeah. where it comes down to for me. If you're the thing you pick up when you're going to write, then you're a guitarist. Yeah, That's the go. thing that you, you know. And I, I didn't know that about him. I didn't. I never heard him talk about that or, you know, anything else. Um, but okay, good. Th- thank you for the answer. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I, and one other thing, one other thing. I have my answer. I got my answer. <laughs> I don't have like, my answer. Um, I got, uh, there, the discussion online, a guy brought something up with Aaron. I think you touched on was that, um, Prince, they, they said a lot of the stuff he has recorded. If you listen just to the records, you're not going to get it because he doesn't shred a lot. He doesn't show off. He's not showy on the records, but if you see him live, it's a different thing. And then you'd understand. So there was guys arguing, arguing on Reddit or whatever going, no, you haven't seen him live. You don't understand. You wouldn't say that if you had seen him live. Yeah. And it's a taste. It's a taste thing. It's like, what makes, what's impressive, the fucking blind shredding or the ability to work both sides of the street. Like for me, 
the greatest thing about Eddie was fucking everything. But when you break it down from there, one of the next greatest was his crazy rhythm and how funky his right hand was. Yeah. Um, like an unchained, like in the verse of unchained where yeah. it's what he's doing there is not flash, but it makes him the greatest on the planet as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with what people think about when they think about him. So yeah, well, I wanted to mention that too about, cause I'm assuming, uh, Bingo's coming from a kind of guitar nerd perspective about why Prince isn't, as he should. isn't yeah. great. Um, I don't. I don't have time for guitar nerds. I really don't. I don't really care what their opinions are because if they get off on guys like just guys soloing, then I feel like. And this isn't about bingo personally. It's about this, these kind yeah. of Reddit yeah. discussions you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's. It's. If if that's their thing is soloing, then I don't really think a lot of these guys have never been in bands before. You know. Yeah, right. I, I the thing the last thing it's bad enough when non musicians uh, are, are are have a have an opinion about whether. Ringo was a good drummer or something, oh, but but it's, to Jesus, me it's even yeah. worse because that's just that's just ignorance. Mm -hmm. To me, it's even worse when guys who are quote musicians like they they play guitar and they have these 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 ass backwards opinions about you know because this guy can shred a solo he's a he he's uh he's a great guitar player as opposed to a guitar player who can like it's like uh Ingbe Malmsteen versus Mike Campbell. Who who do you want if you're if you're a, a singer songwriter and you're putting a rock band together who do you want in your band Ingve fucking Momstein or Mike Campbell the answer right. is clear if you've ever been in a band before yes so so that I when the guitar nerd I'm not going to listen to a guitar nerd's opinion on Prince if they're not going to if they're just going to say if they're going to listen to it I'm sorry Bingo if you're listening <laughs> no no he I say in his defense he said it's not because of the shredding it's not that's what he he made that he made yeah. that clear he said it's not. And he thinks he's you a watch, very like, good guitar player, but not in the great conversation. It, there was a bunch of Prince videos that got on YouTube after he died because he was, you know, holding all that stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, there's that one concert at the, at, uh, the Staples Center, I think in 2004. Did you guys see that? I saw that tour where he does the thing in the middle of the stage where he just sits there, does a whole middle set acoustic rocking and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really captivating. And if you if you watch that guy perform, whether it's with that acoustic that Aaron just he was seated, by the way, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, still yeah. still running yeah. the show, yeah. yeah. Or it, it, whether it's the acoustic performance or him just you know leading the live band, the shit hot band, by the way, and and just walking around the, that that whole stage he had, um, you know, playing solos and and just fucking getting the crowd going. If you can look at that guy and go, yeah, but. He's no Clapton. Then I, I don't really need to hear your opinion on shit. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get in a conversation with you because I don't think you understand what musicians contribute to a collective band. You know, uh, if song, your whole thing is whack off, thing, yeah. is whack off noodling and and fucking ripping shredding guitars sounds, uh, fine. You know, if you want to debate, you know what what humbucker is better or something. Go go whack off with your with your guitar buddies. Don't don't talk to people who actually are in the daily grind of being in a band. You know, guitar center's full of those dudes. Uh, yeah, uh, in the high gain room <laughs> <laughs> with the hazard tape across it. Fucking look out in here, bro. <laughs> so before Can you we get that flying V off the uh, off the third off the third rack up there, yeah, that one. Not no. If I was working in the guitar department, I would just say no. <laughs> Can I speak to your manager? You no. have to put a deposit down if you want me to get that guitar. <laughs> so, all right. All right. So before we move on, I'm sorry, Bingo. 
No, no, it's a, it's a, it's okay. We it was it was a good discussion. That's why I brought it up here because <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we solved your we solved you your problem. You did. And uh, I can't believe what uh, how effective we are at at uh, you know just kind of taking taking these these uh, these quagmires and untangling them yeah, right. for, the, this, for the public yeah. i mean what a, what a service we're doing he's great that's it <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's time to take our asses down to the torture chamber would Ooh. you boys like to join me i'd like to, i don't want to go but i'm gonna go torture chamber okay i'm not gonna bullshit you okay i don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know but I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Anguish. Anguish. Pain. Torture. <laughs> Whoops. Torture. Didn't mean to do that. I love it. I love that theme so much I had to play it again. Suffering. <laughs> I've, I'd never heard that part before. Suffering. <laughs> That's Majel. Majel, uh, you know, weighing Suffering. in. Suffering. Uh, so Aaron, you and I are going to torture George. Should I go first? Um, we had a thing about this, a, a, a well, we, a we, we decided there is no system. Okay. We're just going to discuss it in the moment. I guess okay. you, Aaron, you went first last time, last week when you guys were torturing me. So I think I should go first this time. Correct. correct. That is correct. Yeah. There's cause yes. there's power in second. Power in second, right? <laughs> power in the in the in the, the last the most the recent the most recent yeah. piece of turd in your mouth. Right, that's easily the worst. Usually, I have a lot of shit to say about my torture song, Let's and I'm it. not going to say it. I'm going to start it first, and we're going to establish what song it is. Okay, this is actually a very short song. It's two and a half minutes, so we're, we're we have I have a lot to short say to you, pal. <laughs> it was an eternity in the torture chamber. All right, here we go. Ready. I kind of know this, I think. Let it go a little bit. Having my baby. (laughs) What a lovely way of saying how much you love me. Do you know this song, George? I I I think it sounds like something else. Is he Paul Inka, the guy that did it, or he sold it to somebody else? No, what you're hearing, that's the my first point. Yeah. That's that's Daniel by Elton John, which, right. which had come I, out the year before. Maybe that's yeah. I was trying to think. I've heard this before. He, but he didn't. Okay. Yeah. So this so, is the original. This is Paul Anka from 1974. You're having my baby, uh-huh. and I just called the lyrics up for uh, for George. You might want to do the same thing, Aaron, because they're they're horrifying. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just get a little more into it here. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> Have you heard of this song? No. Okay. It sounds very familiar, though. Maybe it's I fucking familiar. came close two episodes ago, or whenever I was, I, I've come close to picking this song before. Okay, really? good. Okay. This song is so fucking bad and 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 stupid and uh, ridiculous and off key that that it's almost like a novelty song. It's almost like I was thinking, does this even qualify? Because it's such a hated song. But I thought this was a monster hit. I think. I should look it up, but I, I trust me that it was multi weeks number one song. Really? Yeah, number one pop, not not like a easy listening or anything. It was fucking top of the of the Billboard charts for at least two or three, four weeks. So here we go, carrying on, and let's let's, let's check out these lyrics too. <laughs> yeah, let's. Having my baby, what a lovely way of saying what you're thinking of me. 
Okay, that's that old trope about wimp. You, you're, you're glowing. glowing you're with glowing. Pregnancy. And and if if you notice, like as as we you know kind of continue through the song, it's all about him. Yeah. Really, and and what he's getting out of her pregnancy, like he basically just 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 you know <laughs> dropped his load, and now just sits back and watches the watches he's smoking the sh- a cigar in the waiting room. Right. Yeah. No turn yeah, around. You, this yeah, is you my having son. A baby, you having a baby shows how much you love me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not look what we made. <laughs> and if you think I'm exaggerating about that sentiment coming out of Paul Anka, uh, wait till we get to the next couple of verses. He's a man of his time. <laughs> All right. I can see it in your eyes I'm happy in knowing That you're having my baby You're the woman I love And I love what it's doing to you <laughs> You just need a look on George's face There's something face. else that's like I'm bewildered it's, there's something, It's Daniel No, it's, there's something else too There's something It is Daniel But there's something else That this is like And I keep going And I'll get it But okay. it's something else that, it's just I'm bewildered by this. I'm kind of getting hot and <laughs> you're getting hot flashes. <laughs> I'm just kind of <laughs> <laughs> pour another drink. It's like, he's, like he's getting George is getting morning sickness. <laughs> My head hurts. Maybe I'm pregnant. <laughs> pregnant with hatred. Uh, he loves what it's doing to her, like the varicose veins. Yeah, she's the, like, the, "Are you? That's great. Thanks, yeah, guy. thanks, dude. Thanks, bro. Fucking right. douche." Okay. <laughs> Like the hormones and the 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 the, 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 the moods, like Aaron said, the nausea, the morning sickness, just sobbing uncontrollably <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> I love it. You're unsafe to drive a car because you might even run off. The- I fucking love it. This fucking guy, Paul Anka, man. I, I got a lot to say about this character I- after this is over. But let's let's carry on here. Because okay, I'm gonna go in the den. You stay here. I, yeah. That's great, though. You're glowing. <laughs> She's like, "Fuck you, short stack. I'm going you out. Fucking, you dropped your seed in me. I'm gonna go play cards with the guys. Okay. <laughs> Smoke another in a series of Paul Malls. I have a suit. I have a suitcase pack, Paul, so Paul I'm ready. Anka malls. Paul Anka Malls. <laughs> the need inside you. The need inside you. So be. Sh- you, because babe, you were horny for me. That's why I put. That's why I stuck it in you and gave you this baby. Is that what he's saying? I don't get what that means. The need inside you, or just the need to be a mother. Like yes, you're fulfilling need, your I role. Th- I think need to be a mother. I... Which is also fucking bullshit. This guy is such a dick. Okay, but your was... cock interpretation is good too. <laughs> yeah, th- I think it's both. <laughs> this this next line is just. Fu- uh, here we go. <laughs> you should have seen the look uh, on Jordan's face. <laughs> uh, he just like he he. It was like he smelled something really bad. Something because well, that was in the back of my head. If you know how I, you write lyrics, you think, "Oh, well, where would this go?" And I thought, "No, don't go there." It was just in the back yeah. of my head. Of like, oh, then is he gonna? It. Yeah, because you saw then him he say, said it. He, you saw him say the need inside you, he, and you're thinking he's Sneed, not gonna say the seed, seed inside. Yeah. Is he? It, he it did. was in the back of my head. It was just right seed. back here, and it came rushing. <laughs> he forward. went there. This this was a number one hit. Fuck. All right. 
I, I, I not only have a bone to pick with Paul Anka himself, but everybody who bought this song in back in 1974. I hate people. <laughs> you want to say that like it was a simpler time, but by the way, there was there were only a few things to pay attention to in the 70s, and so one assumes that you really had to pay attention to lyrics, and so like America bought into it and cared about it and liked the sentiment. Like here, this would be on. You'd be you know looking at your phone with the television on. With the computer also going on, fucking satellites overhead, da, 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 fucking marching band coming through the living room. <laughs> and But then it was like you just sat and looked at this. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> looked at your dumb album with your fucking... <laughs> right, it was this or Lawrence Welk. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seed. Yeah, you looked at the album cover and read the lyrics and... Yeah, yeah bought into it. Yeah, you did. Good job, Until America. Like, that was the... That was the yeah. Well done. Uh, okay, so here we, here we go. By the way, that sounds like a threat. You know, you are happy that you're having my baby, right? <laughs> Aren't you? <ya? laughs> All right. I'm a this poor girl, Odia Coates was the singer. I think this was her main claim to fame. And she was, a, I guess, a, a gospel singer that Paul Anka ran, uh, ran across and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, roped her into this, this disaster. And... Uh, what a great voice and what a good sport to sing on this. I mean, I, I don't know if this, if this, you know, marked her forever for being on this song. I don't think she did much of anything afterwards, but uh, I don't know. Just bring, bringing in the actual woman to, I don't know, authenticate his bullshit. Like now, now she's singing from the first person perspective of you're right. I am a woman in love and I love having your seed inside right. me. And less lyrics to write too. Cause just repeating, right? <clears throat> yeah. Right. They just changed the, <laughs> change the, by, by the way, it's just going through my head. Is, is there a Gordon Lightfoot song? that's like this. Um, you could be right. I, the back of my head. It's saying Gordon Lightfoot. You, I'm trying to think because Gordon Lightfoot wasn't really known for, this is, has a little more of a, I don't know what you call it, major chord yeah. uh, pop yeah. sound, as opposed yeah. Gordon Lightfoot always had that kind of melancholy to his mm-hmm. songs. There's yeah. another song. I can I know what George is saying. Yeah, there's something. Not a woman in love and I got a baby. It sounds like he's doing, I'm on my way, mighty glad you stayed. Sounds like oh, it they, sounds that's like he's it. Yeah, that. that that's I just sing. Not a woman in love, and then 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 that that's yes, I'm on, on my way. way. That's it. But that's, that's it. not that's, that's not Lionel Richie. Gordon, Lionel, that's Lionel oh, Richie. Okay, okay so right. I, I knew it. Thank you, Aaron. That's it. All it right. was bothering me. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. well, Lionel Richie, I guess, <clears throat> was influenced by this song because I, I think this was. predates it by like ten years or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so here comes Odia, if I'm pronouncing that right, with her fucking, you know endorsement of his bullshit let's let's con- con- this is continue already a disaster by the way what is that what ex- explain to me paul what because he wrote this song yeah. he, there's no co-writers it's just paul Anka. so explain to me paul what's going through her exactly this this sort of subservient acceptance of of this. Here's the thing: I don't want anyone to think I'm some sort of, you know, raging liberal feminist or something, mm. because this to me this just like voicing the sentiment is just so it's it's ugly. It's gross what he's saying. You know, mm. it's weird. It's uh, it's weird that he's 
he's saying all this stuff that 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 just shows this kind of power dynamic in the relationship, right? And and yeah. which starts at I'm sticking my dick in you, and I'm and now you're stuck with my baby, so you're I'm kind of like in the driver's seat at least for the next eighteen years. So and you love it, right? That's, yeah, there is a bit of like calling his wife into the room in front of his buddies. Look what I did there, huh? <laughs> like patting her on the belly. Look at them goodies, huh? Got my son in here, huh? <laughs> There's a boy in here. I can feel it. He's a masculine child. You can tell that. And I hope, Don Corleone, that he is a masculine child. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Here we go. Didn't have to keep it. Didn't have to keep this. <laughs> George's eyes just popped out of his head. <laughs> didn't have to keep it. He says, didn't have to keep it. Wouldn't put you through it. You could have swept it from your life. That's intense line there. Jesus Christ. Wow, what a hard swept guys left. Can I reiterate? Oh this was a number one hit. Oh, my God. A lot of people bought into this. When was Roe v. Wade? Was it 72? Dude, this you're, you're, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Roe v. Wade I mean, Wade he must have looked 70... at it and go, I don't want anyone to think, you know, that I'm, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not cool with your right to do this. <laughs> it's wow, a, that is George, a hard left turn. That is a great point because wow. very calculated move on his part when all of that, that uh, you know, controversy was going on about Roe v. Wade. He probably said. Was it 72? I think Roe v. Wade was 73, I believe. Okay. This uh, okay. this song came okay. out the same fucking year. Well, obviously, yeah. Okay. Or I said 74, sorry. Okay. But, you know, still. Yeah. Could have swept it from your life. <sighs> oh, God. I mean, it's it's weird because there's, I you know, t- to be to be sort of crass, that like the the notion of an abortion calls up the image of a vacuum. Yeah. But in this case, he's you know, use, he's just using a broom, you know, which Damon, is really was, bizarre. You know, Damon, I was going to say that and yeah. I edited myself, but thank you for coming around. <laughs> well, come say, on. It's is more it of a vacuum sound I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. but I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to, let's not, and let's, then you let's have not to think, follow Paul was, down this hole. <laughs> was, it, was his calculated brain, calculated brain, Doing that math that we just did and going, well, yes, I can't really say. Yes, yes. I I hoovered the baby from your womb. Then he says, "What if I say swept?" He's swept enough. It like swept is enough and is atrocious that he would even say it. Yeah, it's 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 so. Well, you can't say sucked, can not. you? I mean, you know. <laughs> I just well, I mean, he's, a, he's phonetically a, that works, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it sucks that you that you didn't this, have my baby. Here's yeah, the sucked thing. it sucked it out. Sings really well. It here's sings well. It sings well. You know. What's <laughs> this? It, it scans. It, it yeah, it scans. Sings. It sings. It's lyrical. <laughs> it's just wow. It, it, and by the way, he's a he's written a lot of songs. So asking whether he thought about this, yes, there was a long discussion. Yeah. and pitches about that line. There had to be right. Yeah, he's not just he's not just some guy stinking his shit. He's written how many hit songs by this time? Yeah, it's fucking Paul Anka, man. Yeah. You know. <laughs> All right, we're, uh, this is like, like I said, it's a short song, so we're almost done. I'm surprised that he didn't say you're hankering for an ank- 
anchor <laughs> ring because he like anchors. He's like laboring her within for the rest of her life is anchoring with a with the anchor baby. <laughs> anchor. See what he did there? Yeah. Anchor and yeah. anchor. Right, yeah. Oh hankering god, for an anchoring. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that was the original uh subtitle in parentheses of this song. Oh my you're god. having my baby, parentheses, you're hankering for an anchoring. <laughs> but the label wouldn't go for it. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they, they were they were cool uh, on that we, idea. Yeah, yeah. We Paul, already... uh, we just got the masters from uh, having my baby. There's sounds like you guys that... had a good time in there. there... <laughs> There's this Great parenthetical the uh, on the on the actual on the box. Um, did you mean for that to be the official title to go like in the label copy or? Uh, oh, okay. Well, um, you know, let me talk to marketing. I think that <laughs> you're the artist. I'm not but. sure if this is really uh, a, a dynamic step you want for your brand. <laughs> the Columbia Records is always going to be behind you, Paul. <laughs> but look, you know, we love everything. Gosh, I is that the end of it? We're, we're, we're cruising. I think it kind of goes like that. It's like less than twenty seconds. Okay. He's shouting the whole at this point, like he's yelling across the house. <laughs> Baby! <laughs> Calm down, Paul. <laughs> As this is playing, I'm looking at things online where people have made videos of this. Like, you know, someone like Catherine really? Counting has made videos and it's yeah. full of like beautiful pictures of, of babies. Yeah, right. Like, yes. Holy shit. Like there's half of this song is None of this song truly has anything to do with, never once does he mention what we're going to do with this baby. This baby will grow and it is a product of you and I, and we, it, I can't wait to meet this baby and learn what it tells us about ourselves and the world and da, 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 da. No, it's just about how much you dig me and look at you. You could have had an abortion, but you didn't. And that's awesome. Love you. That's a, Love Paul. That's exactly what I was, I, very similar Fuck. to what I was going to say there, that I, that I would, I could, when you said this was a hit. As soon as I saw the subject matter, I was going to defend it by saying, before we got to the, well, honestly, the part, the seed is the little indicator of maybe what's to come next. But Jesus, I didn't think it was going to go there. That people just thought, oh, this is beautiful, Paul Anka, baby, and that's why this song's a hit. And obviously, with what he just said about YouTube, that's still the, no, people don't notice this part. They're not. They're yeah. just hearing the "You're having my baby." Yeah. They're just hearing that. It's, they're it's, not hearing the rest. They're not. People don't pay attention to lyrics very much. And there's just. And I know what you said, Aaron, about there's nothing else to do. But that's who doesn't love having a baby. But you, the way you, what you just said is the story of this. His, because why would there be a discussion, even a discussion of an abortion, if this was your wife and you were in love and you had planned the baby like you would right. traditionally in 1973? Why there's even a discussion? Is he? Is this girl a side piece? Like you could have swept it away, you know? Because why would right. someone even well, not, in this relationship between a husband and wife? A wife would never do that. Yeah, I just it would just it, it's. What, <laughs> It's a it's a weird angle he wrote it from because what I read about the song was that he wrote it to his wife who at that point had at least a couple kids with him maybe maybe all of their kids at that point I don't know he had four or five daughters with his first wife and so he's the the stories that he wrote it about his wife but that's that's a good point yeah he you're if you if your wife has already had like two or three of your kids. Yeah. And then you, why would you be having this discussion about, uh, are you going to sweep this from your life? So it's this very, to me, our this, life. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh. This is a great indication of this calculated 
songwriting position he came from, which was A, the Roe v. Wade thing, which I never thought of, yeah. and B, uh, that this sort of like 70s free sex and love kind of mentality that was going on. There was, there was just a lot get chicks getting knocked up on a regular basis and that's a conversation yeah. they have are we going to keep it or are we going so he's coming he, i think he's writing it from the perspective of these kind of douchebag singles who, who met at the at the discotheque or something i guess and because it's not about his real life it can't be i don't know I, but I, he claims it is but it how it doesn't make sense that maybe that it would what be. are you saying oh you're saying about his guma Exactly. What's Odette? Yeah. What's her name? Odia. Odia. Maybe he met her at the, you know the Columbia Christmas party, and you know they went to the Xerox room and had too much punch. And I mean, I, I mean, it's just such an odd story to to yeah. I, and you got to ask yourself: Did he? If we're talking about calculating songwriting, did he think of the idea of having a baby, and that's a great idea? But then you would think, oh, but maybe there's this controversy, and we could take a take uh, advantage of it. And we'll put this because that is in any in, in the story of that song that is a really hard left turn to take there. Yeah. I mean, suddenly, like it, if you said like, and we murdered the ba-, like, suddenly it would be like a thing. Like what? Wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? Well, your your, your earlier point was good so, too. Like what? every the, the idea of having kids is awesome, right? And so, so I can see how people it was, would love the if song. it was a celeb- yes. just a, yes. a straight celebration of of that. Yes, a, I can a understand. Sort of like momentous occasion in your life, that yes. milestone in your life. Everyone would love it. That's yeah. I wouldn't even be playing this as a torture nope, song. It's, it's, it would be corny, but at least okay, it's it's not. When it takes that weird dark turn, yeah. where it, where he turns into that cigar smoking, you know, domineering prick. I just that that's just <laughs> and and my you know the fact that it's such a hit. I keep oh. saying this, but it, it there's a reason I have contempt for humanity. It's that people <laughs> bought into this bullshit and and. And they still do, apparently. As Aaron says, if they're still making YouTube videos about it 40 years later or something. Oh, that's like, having the baby song. They that's still, sweet. <laughs> they still haven't fucking figured it out. You know, the, the IQ points have not risen at all. Probably gone down since 1974. Yeah. Here's something you would say, Damon, like, with the story. Because you like the, the lyrics. You're so into lyrics like I am. That, yeah. that, so it's the story this. that So Paul Anka's, they have three or four kids, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. And, you know, she forgets to put her diaphragm in one night or something or whatever. Whoopsie. She, she gets pregnant. And then just over dinner, maybe over his third drink. Oh, by the way, Paul. Um, so I was going to have your baby. But I decided just to sweep it away. We have three. And, you know, I made that decision on my own. And I hope you're not mad. But I just, you know, yeah. I decided just to, you know, I, I got rid of it. I just, you know, I didn't consult you or anything. That's <laughs> yes, my husband this is and our into, family. Yeah. I didn't. What, what that's, that's what. Because he says, but you decided. Decided to keep it, like was only her decision. Right. I decided to keep it. She's a real sport. She's a real sport for keeping it. Thanks. So you know, he could have just said no. He, so he's what? also <laughs> almost um, another calculated move on his part is almost siding with the feminist movement, saying, "Hey, I knew it was your decision." Right. 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 That's what I think he's doing. Yeah. Here. Exactly. Right. I think right. he's going. Hey, there's this new thing. I don't want to come <clears throat> off like a dick. It was. <laughs> The, the scenario you were describing was almost about to turn into the moment when when Kay reveals to Michael Corleone that it right. wasn't a miscarriage, it was an abortion, abortion, a sin, and it was a it was a boy. I always wondered how she knew that. Yeah, <laughs> right. and that he didn't go. Well, how the fuck did you know? How did you know it was a how smart boy, is Michael? how smart are you? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, this is uh, this is the Gitmo Bros tackling the hard subjects, guys. Yeah. Well, no one ever said yeah, we're not going to shy away from it, dude. We're not going to shy away. Yeah. And by the not way, with, not Paul with this Anka brought form. it up. Paul yeah. Anka brought it up. And I want to talk about Paul Anka for a second. Another reason, because 
I, I, I did a sort of overview of his career and mm. the the the, uh, the the kind of peak moments and and peak accomplishments that he that he has. And he's only like five one, so the peak wasn't very high. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's baboom, baboom. <laughs> When he stands on a on a step ladder, he actually can be very <laughs> formidable. But but uh, so he he gets credit for certain things. Like he's a he's a uh, My survivor. Way. He's a survivor in the industry. Like he started in the late fifties or early sixties as a as a kind of boy crooner. Oh, and is he? I love you, baby. And if, is that his song? What's no, his oh, that's, course, was, that's Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. But the, who, what did he write? as his thing? His the, My yeah, way, his, right? Well, let, I'll just I'll give you his okay. qu- quick his yeah. quick uh, history. Um, he, as a boy crooner in his late teens, he wrote and sang uh, th- th- "Diana." I'm so young and I like you're so old. Yeah. Miss my <laughs> darling, song. I am told. Mm-hmm. Uh, very fifties. I think it was okay. early sixties, but it was very fifties okay. sound. And then yeah. I'm just a lonely boy. Okay, na, na, I know that one. Blue. And then and then the the other one from that era that was pretty Puppy famous. Love. Was, yeah. Was that him? Puppy Love, yeah. And they called it Puppy, Puppy Love. Love. Okay. All right. Okay, that's the one I'm thinking of, Puppy Love. That's and, the, okay. Right. And then, but the other big one was, put your head on oh, that. Oh, oh, gosh. We, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. So the, he, he was, uh, to me, like a sort of annoying, because he, he had that kind of so- Simon LeBon vocal affectation where it's like, um, I'm just a lonely boy. Like every, he's yeah. got a little like like uh, I don't know what you call yeah. it, like a whimper. Yeah, yeah he he yeah. whimpers when he sings. Oh, okay. Um, which uh, which I always it always uh, he just really uh, noticeable in Diana that that song. Okay. So, uh, huh. so so then carrying on, he was a, a actual legit songwriter. He wrote "She's a Lady." He performed it, but the the Tom Jones Tom song. Tom Jones, oh, yeah. it's one of my favorites. It's a good one. Okay, yeah. And then, uh, as Aaron said, he did the uh, he wrote this song, uh, an instrumental that's very pop and very kind of like early fifties swing band called Toot Sweet, which he he oh. re he reconfigured it for Johnny Carson's theme song. Oh, and, and that's what he wrote. Da, Johnny, da, Carson's, da, da, da. He wrote Johnny Carson. If you listen, theme song, right? If you listen to the yeah. original, it's actually yeah. pretty neat to hear the the two uh, yeah. uh, the difference and how they kind of swung the the Johnny version. Yeah, and then uh, he's also known for uh, taking a French melody and turn and writing the lyrics for "My Way" for Frank Sinatra. Is wow. it French or is it? Uh, I guess the the Mexican folks got into. I thought he got it from. Mexicans. No, it was a French song. Let's not argue where apparently he stole a lot of things from. <laughs> I think that I reconfigured. I, I heard. I heard a mariachi version of my way that brought brought me to tears once. I mean, really? I was. This yeah. is like five margaritas in, but like, what the fuck was it? Maybe Al Compadre. <laughs> It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it really suits it. What's wrong with Aaron? <laughs> yeah, oh, God. They were doubles. <laughs> I got salt in my eye. <laughs> so uh, on those levels, he, he ha- sort of has a legitimate yeah. um, you know, pedigree in, in the industry. The other thing he's famous for is a, is a leaked audio of him yelling at his band members oh. after a concert in the mid-80s, <laughs> which is just great. There's so many great quotes from it. I, I suggest you look it up because there's- I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can you do this in the Mickey Mouse voice, Aaron? <laughs> Paul Anka yelling his band in the eighties with the Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so then the other the other point I wanted to make, which I I learned in my research, was that I'm, I'm going to set up this joke. It's probably not going to land. But just I'm, do I, it. I have to do it anyway, just because it's such a corny punchline. But um, so one of his daughters, uh, um, 
Amanda, maybe? They're all A names, so I forget which which one it is, but mm-hmm. is married to Jason Bateman. Oh. Oh, right. Okay. I knew that. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, In show business. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was trying to figure out if when Paul Anka's wife was pregnant, if it was, if he, if she was actually pregnant <laughs> with Jason Bateman's wife, if that was the timeline. And I can't say for sure, oh but to, for this joke to work, we have to buy into the fact that he was, when he was looking at her belly and glad that she hadn't swept out that baby, <laughs> that it was Jason Bateman's wife. And so, <laughs> my my alternate title for this is "You're having my Bateman." <laughs> I knew you were gonna do. <laughs> I'm need like a Moses like joke, Amanda Bateman. <laughs> I thought you were doing that. So wow. that's oh god. The, you're well. You're welcome for that. Oh, thank you, Damon. <laughs> that was a real long, you know, kind long of like walk, little dog. Many many laps around that uh, around that uh, that's idiotic concept to get to that that really awful punchline. But that's all I got on him. I but here's the thing: even though Anka has this this legitimate music industry career, yeah, I still have always thought he was a lightweight. Meaning he's a, he's a wannabe Frank Sinatra. Um, he he's he 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 carries himself like a tough guy. Um, you know, if you hear him yelling at his band, he, you know, he, look, the is guy's Anka, successful. Is he, Anka his real name or is it Anka? I think it is. Or, okay. And I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, 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 I don't begrudge him his, his success. He, you know, he's obviously much more successful than me in mm-hmm. the, in the music industry, but he seems like kind of a dick. I mean, this, just the lyrics of the song make me think he's a dick. Him yelling at his band members make me think he's a dick. <laughs> By the way, he's now been through, he, you know, chewed through his third wife. Yeah. He, he's in his eighties or something at this point, And he just divorced his third wife and, you know, like a year ago, As you'll which, do. you know, <laughs> no judgment, but. You know, he doesn't sound like a very pleasant guy. Mm. So I, I just, it makes me, when I hear the lyrics of the song and I, and I, and I kind of put all, I, I plug in all these pieces from his life. I just feel like he's just kind of a, a giant dick Yeah, and it makes me hate the song even more. Yeah. Yeah. Geez. That's uh, I, I'm blanched. My face is white and red <laughs> at the same time. I just, it's a uh, gee, that, that, that turned to first the seed and then the, <laughs> and then the, that last verse is just, Wow. Yeah. It's uh you just don't expect that at all. Especially with the kind of the kind of song it is. You just yeah. and the guy wrote Puppy Love now you're telling me. It's like son of a bitch. You it's don't a nice think it's gonna go that route. No, it's no, a... I mean Aaron, have you heard so you 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 were thinking about this, so you know that you you've you've looked at these lyrics before, huh? Uh, well, I heard, I was looking at it because I it was in my catalog in my in my my mental Rolodex of shitty jams but it was in the same way that like it's always on a list with like the same way that starship was on a list of like yeah. shit songs really i'm not i'm unaware but of I this never, song but i never dug into it like but it was on a list i thought i have a short list of things and this is on it because it's um, mildly irritating up in because i wondered because because i thought in the beginning i'm like oh well this isn't i mean but then that turn just it's a <laughs> You just don't expect that. A, that's, yeah, I can't you, believe no one said like those, to him about it. The, like I just, I guess they must have thought it was a good. You idea. You don't expect that coming from an, from a Canadian. You don't. You do not <laughs> expect that at all. No one goes down. Oh, no one goes. To, no one goes. Let's go to Canada for an abortion, do they? I don't. <laughs> we're gonna get a Canadian abortion, which just no means we're gonna talk that. about Nobody it. Nobody says that. <laughs> and we can have dinner in Vancouver. It'll be fun. You know, what? Be swept right away. Oh God! You have to then take. We'll a, have some poutine. You have to take a toboggan oh. to the to the abortion clinic. <laughs> oh my God! Okay. Oh, <laughs> gosh. All right. Well, this is where we went. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. He's the one writing about it. We, we're he's calling him out. Yeah, yeah, he did it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think that wraps up my. Yeah, my, sure does. I, I hope uh, you enjoyed that, George. I hope that was the torture that it that it really is. By the way, you know, Aaron's right. Like it's on that list that that kind of everyone's top ten or top twenty list of worst songs of all time, and a lot of them, you know, they're just kind of like this. People, everyone has said it's a bad song, so therefore everyone believes it's a bad. And they, everyone just keeps recycling the same mm-hmm. songs in the same list where they yeah. haven't really thought through if it's bad or not. Yeah, this song deserves to be on any sort of worst of, of list, as far as I'm concerned. So, okay, well, abortion? I accidentally agree with with people in, in that you know there's a Venn diagram where the rest of humanity and I can actually agree on something. So, <laughs> Aaron, we have not looked at your your link yet. Yeah, Aaron, is your song, uh, we just did abortion, you got uh, maybe a song about pedophilia? What do you got? <laughs> no, <What's next>? uh, <laughs> interestingly, though, as, as, as just you don't have to be too conspiratorial to think about it, but our minds are similar because my song was influenced by a children's board game. So keeping Uh-oh. in the ch- children, yeah, say you decided to keep your child, they might play the board game that inspired <laughs> this dopey song. If you don't sweep your child out of your yeah, life. Yeah. This is a presupposing you don't have an abortion. Enjoy, ladies. <laughs> Next number. Are you- presupposing that you don't have the abortion. <laughs> Hope the ladies enjoy this. Guys, one, two, three. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh, do you want to look at it, George? Or you no, want no, it to be a surprise? I think there's right. a dopey ad in front. Yeah, there'll be an ad, but we'll just get through it. Well, that's okay. I'm keeping my head down. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, it's going right into it. <laughs> All right, I got to forget the lyrics for this one. Aaron, what the hell is this? This okay, is this is this is standing in a slide zone. That's it by the Moody Blues. Oh God, I hate. The and Moody by the Blues. way, it's it, yeah. And by the oh, way, boy. it's stand in uh, apostrophe uh, <laughs> apostrophe. <laughs> And and so at first you think like anyone, what when you hear the title and the title standing in a slide zone is, uh, God, so the blues. blues, the moody blues. First yeah. of all, uh, I got a lot to say about like just the way it sounds. This guy's this guy's voice is as about as light and as insub- unsubstantial <laughs> as anything you'd ever want to hear. Is that Justin Hayward or which one is he? <clears throat> John Lodge. Oh, John. Okay. And uh, fuck both of you for knowing the names of the Moody Blues. <laughs> I know <laughs> both his name. of you. But you have the, to know uh, your enemies. So he's so he go. They they <laughs> they decide to to record this record, um, octave by the way, uh, in L.A. for the first time. And this is after a long time apart. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of people suggest that maybe they should have stayed maybe, that way. But maybe uh, rehearse a little more and then come. <laughs> so it's, it's 1978, and they're going to record we the still record. Still got in, it, guys. In California and. He felt out of place, and I guess they were playing board games to pass the time. Uh, this and, and it sounds like a band that's about that exciting that would play board games. Okay, just play this fucking thing. I just, <laughs> but they're playing Sorry. They're playing Sorry, the game Sorry. And in Sorry, there's a place where it's called the Slide Zone, where your, your piece just moves with wild abandon. And so they were feeling as untethered as standing in a slide zone. Let's hear it. 
God. By the way, okay, we put it up. We, we missed the, uh, the the first line because we were all just sort of thrown by the fact that we have to now listen to the Moody Blues. And the first line is, "I took a ride in a limousine," which is I love these rock stars who 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 relate to their audience. You know, like you know, it's always like life on the road. It's like remember Seeger with you know life. Are, is you a woman or is you a man? <laughs> it's like is all it these, a woman? Is it a man? Right. Here, all right, these right, all right, these right, li- songs about life on the road, and then these right. guys take it to the next level of like. As you guys can all relate, I was in my limousine. Right. And I was taking a ride. Okay. This... My butler was talking to yeah. me. And he said my furrier told my private pilot that. <laughs> all right, let's furrier. continue on here. I took a ride in a limousine. And I, I took a ride. By the way, another great. Another great rhyme when, they, when someone has to rhyme with Ean, yeah. like in, in this case, limousine, and they, and they pronounce Ben with Bean. I took yeah. a road I've never been. Where have you, do you know where I've been? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Sorry. I smell. Do you know where I've been? It's an awful keyboard sound. He told me where a river flows. This is like I, I really can't discern discern a melody of this song. No, really, no, that's one of the problems. Here? What it's is like, going on here? It's like this lethal combination of a guy, as Aaron said, with with no you know kind of substance to his voice, singing a, a song with no substance to the melody. Yeah, it's a bad it's a bad mix when you know you you you've got no because you can sing a song about dick all, but if you've got like fucking Tom Jones doing it, yeah. I mean Tom Jones isn't human. Uh, with that right. voice, but but like you know anybody else, but this guy's it's just it's so insignificant, and then his delivery is not committed, and it I guess, but that's sort of his all the style all the time, as far as I know, and there's a million reasons why I dislike that act, but then and then you could tell like this is seventy eight, so they listen to a lot of uh, ELO records almost all the way through because yeah, they're dung, not really dung, dung, dung. they're not really yeah. committed to it, and they. They used to use like big dumb organs, and now they're using synths, and you you can see that they're not familiar with that territory because they're using like the factory sounds, and like got them mixed way the fuck up. Oh, I well, Aaron, I don't know why that you you don't understand that they he has no passion or no commitment to this vocal. I mean, you know, a lot of people are passionate about the game. Sorry, I don't yeah. know. No, it's it's, 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 a it's fitting... such a thing to get passionate about. I don't yeah, know why. And... You know, we're playing sorry here, guys. You know, come on. Yeah. It's, it's, and to it's... your point, it's fitting that this sorry-ass song was influenced by the <laughs> board game. Sorry. It's about sorry. sorry. What? <laughs> when you were explaining it, I'm like, this can't be true. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And it's so fucking real. And they admitted to it. But like, because they say they stand in and slide zone. No one knows. That's not a thing. No, that's not a phrase. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I thought like there was going to be because you said they were in L.A. right when they when they were yeah. wrote this and I thought okay slide zone maybe like uh, is there a Roller are they connecting this to no no no, no uh, <laughs> like uh you know uh, if you're say you're staying in a house up in the Hollywood Hills and it could you know if there's an earthquake it could slide down the hill right and then maybe oh, it, like a landslide like a landslide kind of thing like. I was That's thinking, better. oh, they're, they should have said that. Yeah, it's I know. not great, but it's better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, they're in LA, they're at Hollywood Hills, and those there's a lot of houses of people who don't know that are on stilts. They're kind of like built right. into, the, into the hill. And, you know, they're they're very stable, but you could look at them and go, oh, boy, I wonder if this is going to fall down in an earthquake. Am I in a slide zone? I thought that's where we were going with this, which would kind of make sense. And then maybe he references. 
I don't know, Monopoly or something in the lyrics, but it's actually <laughs> a fucking component of the game. Sorry. I'm, yeah, let's I'm just, listen a little more. I have okay, another let's, comment. Let's, care, let's yeah. listen a little more. All right, let's go. He showed me how the apple grows. He told me all the magic string. His face was warm, but his eyes were clear. Standing in the sky. And listen to those assholes singing with him. Like, I don't even know what they're doing. It's just so. It sounds. I keep taking the headphones off because it's everyone's muddy. mumbling. Yeah, yeah. Play no, it again. I don't. What? Wait, wait. Play that line. That. It's keep. It all sounds keep the same. Hear it just the let head, it go. Like, okay. It's not coming through. Okay, let's keep going. It sounds like a. I have headphones on. Right. I took one of my mine off too, just yeah. to see, because it does sound muffled. Yeah. That's the moody blues sound, baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> what we do is is like we get it mixed so it sounds perfect, and then we just roll off all oh, the high end. <laughs> Like zero high end. That's our thing. Here, here. No, yeah. It's just, doesn't it sound like you have peanut butter in your ear? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we spot. do, baby. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I could be stepping through a time. Did he mean like Twilight Zone or something? Because I don't think you step through a time zone. You would step across a time zone. If you're yeah. walking, if you're walking somewhere where, where it changes over to a different time zone, that's fine. I don't think a lot of people do that. Clearly, you've never played. I could Sorry, be stepping through a time zone. <laughs> I think you're. I think he's trying to do a Twilight Zone thing there and just missed completely. Yeah, and he's saying he's saying that, that we're we're not where we're used to be because now we we went through a time zone to get to this unfamiliar place and now we don't feel at home. And so he's trying to marry all those things together, and each one is dumber than the last. <laughs> are you? And wait, none are you of them saying, as good as standing in a landslide. Aaron, are you? Did, did you just extrapolate that? On your own, or are, is there? No, I, I, I think that's what's what yeah, they're saying. I was going. Where did it say that anywhere in no, these lyrics? No, I think that's. I think that's what they're saying. I think he just fucked up and went, meant to say Twilight Zone and 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 went with went with Time Zone because he's British. He doesn't know what time zones are. Before you put this on <laughs> for checks at a party, do you have to go like, okay, do you guys like Sorry? <laughs> uh, do you want to understand it? Then forget it. Which, <laughs> yeah, that would say that the Moody Blues had chicks at a party. They, I don't know if you've seen a photograph of those guys. They look like four dumb uncles. <laughs> Which is a better name than Moody Blues. <laughs> I was, I actually oh boy. think what happened was with this song is, do you remember when we were kids and you could get an actual like a, a playable record, like on a cereal box yeah, or yeah, with yeah. a toy yeah, yeah, or yes, something? Yes, I know yes. I got one from Jack in the Box about uh, a haunted house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. So yeah. I think what happened was this was actually just a song that was included in a box of so- the game. Sorry, <laughs> so like kids could listen to it, it while, like it, while yeah. they're playing. Yeah, because there's, I'm, dude, I've never heard this song before. Never heard of it before. No, no, neither. So, where did you, Aaron? Why did you like? I, you... There's a list. I have a list of bands that I fucking dis- detest. Yeah, <laughs> on a list for this podcast, and and every week when I start to think about what I'm going to do, I go, okay, well, let's see which one of the you know which the up upsets to? me. Yeah, that, which one of the if I was going to do a Moody song, which one? And then I saw this title, I was like, that's awful. And then I started listening to it. I said, this is the worst. So you know what I realized is like, this is such a stupid concept for a podcast because. <laughs> Any glee, any glee I get, like putting you guys through a torture, I'm doing it to myself as I'm kind of prepping for the song and having to listen to it and everything. Like I'm torturing myself. 
What are we thinking? Podcast over. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Fuck you guys. All right, we got two and a half minutes of this garbage left, so let's keep going. No. And by the way, this is the edited version. Uh, if you want to really be upset, there's a fucking like five oh, no, minute. Oh, I'm sure there's yeah. a whole fucking break, like yeah. Knights in White Satin. Yeah, there's like, a, there's, a, there's like a, a, a Shakespearean actor, like just quoting Breathe things. Deep. <laughs> any, any song has that in it. Fuck Okay. Off. <laughs> uh, Moody, I love you. Mo- Mo- Moody Blues featuring Sir John Gielgud. <laughs> John feel bad. <laughs> Okay, the, another thing the Moody Blues do all the time, which really, is, it's it, which is just the sign of amateurish so- songwriting, which is taking a lyric and and fitting it into the scanning it into the the melody. And it feels rushed. Suddenly, I began to like who who puts the emphasis on suddenly, mm-hmm. I began to glide. Take suddenly off. Take suddenly off. Yeah, just. Oh yeah, come up with a different I word. Began to yeah, yeah, anything like. Why did they think that was a good idea? Didn't so no one like tap John? Ho- What's his name? John Lodge. Yeah. Don't uh, no tap John on the shoulder and said, uh, "Excuse me, bro. Let's let's work on that line." You know. <laughs> Suddenly, I began. <laughs> Here we go. Tribal drums. The boy, it really lifts when the solo comes in, huh? <laughs> they have a lyrical solo too. Yeah, okay. And Aaron, are we a bit in a in into in a one four five here? Is this song a one four five? Uh, it's a one four around with that. Yeah, yeah, they fuck around with that, and then they, and then the, it really heats up when the solo comes in. It's about as <laughs> about as really hot up. as gazpacho. That's when, the, like, that's, when the, really that's when that's when the game of sorry really gets intense. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna go win and down the slides? I don't know. Stepping in a slide zone. By the way, fuck missed off. opportunity. Shouldn't this have been a slide guitar solo? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, you, that's, it's ideas like that that'll get your fucking uh, get in the fired. slide zone, Steve. Yeah. yeah right. Whoever <laughs> the guitar players. <laughs> Take it. Slide Take it. it. Slide it, Steve. Get in the slide zone. Whatever the guitar player's name, Justin. <laughs> All right. Let's let's carry on. Let's keep keep not sliding the solo. <laughs> These fucking cunts sold 70 million albums. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Holy shit. Do you see where we are now, Aaron? Yep. The flute. We're in a flute solo. Yep. Did they did they bring in uh, Ian Anderson for Fuck. this? It's really? Ian Anderson's brother. Really? Skip Anderson. <laughs> Ian's lesser known but equally talented brother. It's Liam Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Stonehenge. That's a that's a that's a keyboard. That's not a flute. Uh, the guys in the guys in in uh, right. That's the, not a flute, was it? I think it's both, but it's it's mainly. It's you're right. It's, it's a it's, patch of a on a yeah. moog or something. Yeah, right. yeah. In fact, you you might be right, George. This could be like the, the flute the era. mellotron. Right before before people were willing to accept that that sound could be a keyboard, they had to like just let's get a guy playing a flute <laughs> to make it look like this, so, so we don't confuse people. That didn't sound like a. <laughs> no, I I think it was both, but you know, 
it could be just just a, a patch, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the guys in the Moody Blues is, I look at them; they look like henchmen from cop shows in the seventies. <laughs> like there's a there's a villain played by yeah, right. you know fill in the blank and burlies with beards. Yeah, and, and they're, they're, they're always right, the yeah. guys that like like they're too they're too thick. These guys <laughs> and they're, they're the guys that like that Magnum PI has to fight at the a docks burly. or something. Like he's investigating some illegal you know, low level crime. Yeah, smugglers. Yeah, right, right. And and the the guys from the Moody Blues are the guys that that catch Magnum and he has to fight fight him off. (laughs) Listen to that scanning, Jesus. I think this is going to go on like this, right? Oh yeah. Are we? Yeah. We got another minute and change. Yeah, you get it. And it's and again, this is the short fucking version, man. Let's just see if what? it does anything in the next few minutes. Otherwise, let's, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, Aaron. Like, I don't. Did you watch the video that you sent me? Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah there. Oh they're, yeah. A couple of times. I, I almost <laughs> think we should declare like a no video yeah. policy because. It it makes you hate the guys even more. Like if I saw Paul Anka sink, you know, like sitting back with a cigar, like poking his wife in the stomach, I would, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't think it could make me hate that song anymore, but it would. So these guys are are super annoying. And by the way, it's one of those sound stages. You know, they're not live by any stretch. There's no audience here. It's just one of these bullshit videos. And a fan on the singer, right? There's a fan going. Yeah, and it's a really heavy duty fan too that's on him. Like, yeah, yeah. it's really out of control. <laughs> Dude, it's the slide zone. Yeah, dude. He's we have a it. bigger fan. <laughs> and like and, and he's and he's grinning like a fucking Kansas City idiot. I, yeah. like, I don't know I don't know why why can't he, why, like if he's uptight about the slide zone and he's feeling out of place, shouldn't it be sort of dark and gnarly? Yeah. I think we have a wind machine in the truck. Well go get it. <laughs> go fucking go get it. Why are you telling me God about it? God damn it, Dennis, go get it. <laughs> While you're talking about it, I could be seeing wind blowing through his hair. <laughs> you don't have hair like that and not fucking wind it. <laughs> There's more verses. That's the end. That's the end of the verses. Yeah. I just want to see if there's any gems I missed there. Help me, please. I thought I said then something in my head. Music came from, and I knew what I had found. With the game sorry in a in a closet somewhere what did he find <laughs> there's a couple of things here just okay this is you know a lot of times in this podcast we end up going like um well you know cocaine <laughs> you know yeah but this it, this is almost the reverse you wish they had done drugs or something <laughs> yeah. like they're sitting around playing sorry you guys got anything i don't know if they're english or not you guys got anything to write about well they got a sorry game i mean what like what it'd be better if they did something and it's not and, and you're okay it's it's 1978 in los angeles well there's not much to do can't go <laughs> yeah, anywhere think, let's yeah, play I think that I kind of a dead town hey guys it's 10 o'clock you want to go out now let's play another game of sorry maybe a I song will come the, out of it the only person doing any cocaine was the writer for Billboard magazine who described stepping in a slide zone as a fast-paced rocker and praised the fuzz keyboard work punctuating horns and towering chorus. What horns? There's no horns in this. Excellent either. production values and unusual lyric. Now, that guy's on drugs because yeah, none of yeah. those things are true. 
that's a lie from the beginning of the sentence to the end of the sentence. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a big Sorry fan, and I wasn't. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't know if I've ever played Sorry. If so, I don't remember. And I didn't know there was a slide zone. So this is no. I had to look it up. I didn't know it either. I don't yeah, fucking I, care it's about. It's not board a real games. popular game, right? I mean, I don't. I remember the ads. Why are we talking about this? I know there's a game called Sorry. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and why do they like? Why do they care? Like you're right. Like it's like what the fuck you're doing so such nothing. You're as you're so uninspired. Like Let's do play. anything. Like it doesn't even have to be drugs and chicks. I mean, go to the zoo. Go to the fucking Venice Beach. <laughs> go fucking anywhere. Yeah. Being an asshole sitting there in their fucking limo playing Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. Uh, so, uh, guys, I got a game. There's this new game called Simon. I have a song about it. You guys want to hear it? <laughs> Yellow, red, orange, red, orange, blue, red. <laughs> That's what uh, your wildest dreams was about. <laughs> Shoots and ladders. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's about to it's about sorry. I feel like yeah. we can stop here unless. Yeah, no, that's it. There's, There's no reason to do anything more. Fuck. Yeah, they're both pretty bad. They're both pretty bad. And, 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 like, and that one's just, this one falls into the uh, lazy and half-assed thing that I talked about last week where I'm just, there's nothing worse than half-assed. And this, to me, is like unbelievable. It's it's so dumb. And it, it's it's like being hit with a shitty pillow because it's just sort of boom. We, boom, we talked boom. about this last week with, with uh, Rupert Holmes where right. he accidentally, you know, his whole thing his his sound uh is those kind of dumb story songs right but then accidentally he hit on pina colada and yeah. and it sort of his, his masterpiece if you want to call right. it that because it's it's a super catchy song and and you know i'm sure we all have still have a lot of affection for that song silly but you don't have you don't react to it you know violently like we did the answering machine song <laughs> to me i don't i've never hated the moody blues the same way aaron does for sure and i don't know george your feelings about them overall with aaron uh, okay yeah, yeah. yeah i've never hated them as much as you guys uh but i do feel like uh, what's the song the story of your life i think is is sort of this song they, they had this this style and when they got into the 70s like the, the mid to late 70s all their songs sounded exactly like this and to me like story of your life was the good one and like all the other dumb Rupert Holmes songs that were just kind of just bad versions of Pina Colada. Yeah. All of these songs, like Stepping in the Slide Zone, is just a bad version of Story of My Life, right? Standing. Is that one about the, the game it's, Life? Not or... No, Aaron, it's, it's Stepping. It's not about oh, the game Life. Stepping. Stepping Steppin in a Slide Zone. <laughs> the Story of My Life is the game of life. It's about right? the game yeah. of life. Yeah. They're all about board games. It's not, it's, that's about life. I don't. I'm just, I'm just guessing from this the, one. The, now I understand their song Stratego. <laughs> 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 All right, so hungry, hungry hippos was the met, was the uh, <laughs> instrumental. Is it just you're right about the video? Maybe we shouldn't put it up anymore. There's something yeah. about this, and I, the hair and the wind, and and even the sound. It's reminding me of, of um, you know, uh, Asia, uh, John oh. Wetton in Asia. Right. Yeah, the, um, is, am I right about that? There's something about this is reminding me of Asia. Yeah, uh, you're leaving S- now. The super it's group, the super group of the par- Carl Palmer and somebody from Yes and what, what? Yeah, Asia had a bunch of big hits. What were their? What, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's the dudes it's from the Heat ELP. of the moment. Right. But there's something about this that reminds you of that. Kind yeah, kind of does to me. I don't know. There was this. Yeah, there was this kind of bland corporate rock thing that was going on back then, and it and it. This Asia is years later, like '82, maybe. Yeah, that's not that. Yeah. It's only like four yeah. years away from this. I know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll uh, I, I can pronounce right away that uh, 
Aaron, I hate this song, but I, the abortion, it's just hard to, it just, <laughs> yeah, that no, was such a hard, that, I mean, when the, the flute, honestly, when he came on with the flute, if that had been a longer solo, it was almost like an abortion to me. When I saw that, I was like. Yeah, they should have proceeded with a medical abortion, like a late term medical like, abortion. I, I, did, I did not expect either one of these. I really, I'm not kidding. I'm tired and I don't feel well for both of these. I'm not, I'm not this isn't for show business. Actually, Aaron, you didn't see it. While we were listening to these songs, I had to put a bucket next to George. It just, just in case. They're just By the way, so horrible. It just, since you both, made your decision, you yeah. know what the side B, for real, the side B, the, the flip side of that Paul Anka song was yeah. is Papa. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. T- I'm not. I'm not lying to you. <laughs> now, even if it's about his dad and has nothing to do with being a father, I think it's still interesting. Odd considering choice. what we know, <laughs> considering what we know to be true about the lyrics of the side A. This was hard. This was tough day. This was a tough day. <laughs> uh, these were both just so terrible. Yeah. I feel a little <laughs> and in different ways. So, myself. So good for you guys. The, the, for, it, really, both horrible in different ways. <laughs> I mean, last week was a hard decision too, and it just it, it's just. Wow, we're we're doing a yeah. good job here, yeah. of making each other feel terrible. So, yeah, like a like nauseous mission accomplished. It's just unbelievable to me that game they, they write. It's about sorry. I thought you were kidding, Aaron, because you say things <laughs> no. like that, and I don't. And I, but I, it's unbelievable they were doing that. And by the way, yeah. if if REM, let's say, said you know we were on tour, we had that board game Sorry with us, and this is ridiculous, but we wrote the song South Central Rain. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you know that? Oh, one? Oh, yeah, and I went, right. I go. All right, kind of silly story, but a great song came out of it. Right, yeah. Then I'd be okay with some a, a silly little story connected to the song. But the Moody Blues are like the opposite of REM. They 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 go the complete opposite direction of into just like vapid bullshit. Hey guys, uh, I just want to bring up a song, Tyler, right now. Um, it's called um, it's called Baltic Avenue. It's from <laughs> Monopoly. Do you guys know what? <laughs> Do not pass go. <laughs> it's called free parking. Do you want to hear? It? <laughs> Just an idea right now, but well, there's a reason for this for the for the uh, fourth fourth chapter of these podcasts. Uh, there's a reason for the sorbet. Yeah, I yes. think never we should... have we needed one yes. more. Let's, then. Yeah, let's hope I've chose well. <laughs> so please, Majel, help us here. Sorbet, mental douche. <laughs> if there was ever a time needed it's not mouthwash yeah so george has sent me a, i don't know what it is yet well, yeah, we're about to play it do you have anything to say before we play nope. it it'll, just let it let it rip for itself okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Shut up. This, to me this is almost like is there a better sort of era of the stones of just this of stones attitude? No, right? There isn't. Like you could argue maybe sympathy for the devil yeah. or, you know, jumping Jack flash, but like, this is just fucking perfection. It is. It's great. Mick attitude and the guitars. And it's just all, it's all, it's all edge. This song right. is all fucking edge. Oh it. man. I love this song. Surviving on the And Mick, to me, I, I would also say that this is possibly the best Mick Jagger vocal performance ever. Oh, yeah. Because he's not crooning. Mick was never a crooner. No. He's sing-talking right. 
or talk singing, however you want to say it. Did you know there's a German name for that? No. When I read about this, did you know that, Aaron? A German word for for talk for, si- for sing talk. It's called like Splendakoff or something. Oh, There's a okay. name for that. I had no yeah. idea. It was you know it was on Wikipedia. It was you know linkable. And I read. Oh, I had no idea. And I I, su- I was surprised that neither one of you had referenced it because you're both smart. <laughs> <laughs> My German brothers and sisters, they got they got a word for everything. Yeah, yeah. they do. <laughs> it was not a Steve Martin thing. That those French, they have a different word for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the hotel. <laughs> Uh, all right, so but he, it's a killer vocal performance of that style of sing talking yeah. or talk singing, yeah. with these killer lyrics. Like he took a, a word shattered, which in 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 mortal hands would it'd be impossible to come up with rhymes. He I has would, like seventy five rhymes. That's for my it. whole point of this. What I loved about this, when I yeah. listen to it. Thank Let's you. Let's keep going. Yeah. There's so so many. Charlie's a motherfucker in this song. He is. Yeah, when when uh, Aaron and and my our friend Pat and I, I think it was the day Charlie died or the day after or something, mm-hmm. and my uh, processing that yeah was sitting outside on uh, you know out on the outside table yeah. and just playing Stone songs and yeah. listening to Charlie yeah. and texting Aaron and Pat about each one drunkenly, of yeah. course. Yeah, perfect. And. Uh, they didn't seem to mind. I said, "Look, you guys, I'm just going to do this. You can ignore my texts if you want to." But, I played the drums, but but I yeah, but the I fills had, on the out. There's fucking oh my so God. rad. Yeah, like that, that. And this was one of the songs I, I I was texting about. I, I don't feel like finding it right now, but yeah. but like if you want to describe why Charlie was this kind of mad genius, yeah. Uh, at, behind the drums it's like this song is pretty much it. I mean, it's so th- he never did anything that was that he would could replicate. On the right. next take, yeah. it was all just out of his brain and yeah. what felt good at yeah. the time. And like Aaron said, those fills in this song and everything, <clears> and that, that and listen to the listen to the power of that snare. This possibly, I think I said this, Aaron, in, in the text, um, possibly the best snare sound ever. Yeah. Like this yeah, album and this song in mm-hmm. particular. That's fucking great. One of the things I like about it is obviously this is the Stones doing punk rock like them doing disco for Miss You. Right. In the same record. And I, I love it. It always it feels so mocking to me when they add like the 50s thing, shoo, be doobie, shat. It's almost like they're mocking old things yeah. like punk rock would do. And as a kid, I'm glad you brought that up because you're, you're reminding me that as a kid, like the backup vocals in the song were a little scary. Yeah, they are. Shadoobie. It's all the, it's sounds a, like everyone's high or drunk it, or kind of. Yeah, it's so Shadoobie. great. And it's, it's very sinister. It is. But great. Yeah, it's so fucking great. great. The, so the, great. The backups are like when they um, they, they do the harmony. They come, they go down. It's so good. And I don't know. It sounds like it's in this case. Because I know a lot of times on, you know, I think on the Tattoo You album, which is like, the next album or no two albums later yep. um where they kind of cobbled together all these previously recorded and mick just sang all the vocals by himself mm-hmm. including the backup vocals mm-hmm. and he did a great job of sounding like the stone singing backups right. even though it's yeah. mostly mick yeah but um 
on this one, it sounds like fucking Mick, Keith, and Ron all around a microphone it just does. doing it together. <laughs> it and it's so good. It yeah, like and and later on in the record, the, on, on Faraway Eyes, it's it's you get, it's clearly him and Keith. Yep. Um, on those on those uh, country harmonies, mm-hmm. yep. and it sounds it sounds great. This album, start to finish, is is great. Is tops. It's so fucking. Don't great. don't sleep on uh, Ron Wood. Guy was a great singer in his own right. Yeah, and, I love and Ron. I, and and I believe the Faraway Eyes was a three part harmony. So Ron had yeah, to be. It's got to be the three of them. There's no reason why it wouldn't. And, that, yeah. and by the way, I, I when I I, I kind of knew this, but it was fun to read about it again. This is the first record where where Ron was actually a part of the band and was working with them. He'd been in the band, but this yeah. is where he really was. Entrenched, part, entrenched, yeah. and part of it, yeah. and actually, yeah, yeah, and he's all over it. <clears throat> yep, and they were up against it for this record too, because like they were gonna go when they went to Toronto when Keith got busted. The yep. original idea was they were gonna record a record there, but yep. then the bust happened, so it fucked their whole scene, and so they went to France later. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it, so would, you know it would have been a different record, you know, well, a yeah, different it, record entirely. Yeah, they talked a lot about the the thing. Talked a lot about how this was uh, of of all the Stones records, this was the most Mick record because Keith was in trouble and yeah. wasn't able to yeah, be be as much part of it. And um, their biggest record, yeah, and, and think, their biggest like selling a, record by far. And yeah. I I didn't know that. Also, a comeback where the first they they were kind of waning the first the records before this, Black and Blue and something else had not done well. Yeah, and no one, everyone's kind of like, eh, the Stones and. And but this came roaring back with yeah. this. Yeah, there's no reason this is. You, you couldn't make it. If someone said, "Hey, my favorite Stones album is is uh, some X. girls," you, I wouldn't argue with it. You oh, can't. No. It's like saying my favorite Beatles album is Revolver. Like you're not right. going to go. Yeah. Well, it's not really my right. favorite, but you just go. Of course, that's right. it's totally allowed to be your favorite album. It is. Yeah. It's so. It's that good. From the middle era, it's it's easy to be the best. Uh, and Tattoo You is right next to it. That's just a different type of album. It's more pieced together, but it's start to finish great. But fucking some girls is a bitch. Mm. Yep, I, I I don't think there's a bad song on it. Nope. Here we go. I feel like Charlie dropping out right there with this, dropping yeah. out the snare. I don't think he planned. It doesn't sound like he planned no. it, but he went, "Oh, that sounds kind of cool. I guess I'm going to keep with this for a couple couple measures, and <laughs> yeah, right. then I'll come back in." But I, I, that can't possibly have been planned because yeah. it's so weird to, to do it right there. This solo is is uh, exactly what you're describing about Ron being just like a full fledged member at this yep. point. Like to what his contribution. Like I I noticed when I saw the Stones. I'm gonna say it was 2005 ish or something at the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend Carrie and I went to the concert, and, and Carrie and I decided to like. Oh, turns out Ron Wood's a better guitar player than Keith <laughs> because oh, yeah. Keith is so iconic as just like a a, a guy who plays guitar. Yeah, you know we we all know his contributions to the Stones, and you know their their his songwriting, of course, and and of course his, uh, you know, iconic licks of you know like Brown Sugar and stuff. Yeah. He kind of invented that. He's that. the riff man. Yeah, the, <clears throat> the riff yeah. meister. But when it comes to just like uh, technical guitar playing, Ron Wood went from like being Keith's 
uh, you know, part, p- guitar partner on stage, yeah. like throwing riffs back and forth. Yeah. And then he goes and sits down at a pedal steel. Yeah, and starts oh, playing yeah. that. Yeah, and he's or like he's, this song where he plays the fucking bass because Bill wasn't around. But the, the bass part in this song is a motherfucker. It right, sounds yeah. like Bill Wyman. It's yeah, fucking Ronnie. Yeah. Right, right. So the so the guy is just is just and then you can hear in this. I don't know who's doing that kind of. Is that a slide guitar or something really cool is going on here? And uh, um, he's this now. He is stepping into the slide zone, <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. Touche, touche, touche. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that. That really cool stuff that's going on has got to be got to be Ron to me. And by the way, they've got a picture up on the on the YouTube video that that, that says Mick Taylor in it. But okay, that's okay. Moving on. There's a weird horn just in the back. You can tell that there was a sax solo maybe in there. But there's like this really high little sax note that's happening right in that. Oh, I never turnaround. noticed that. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, like, it's weird. Yeah, he probably was in the room recording with them. Or they had they, the mix, they had it in the mix, yeah, and then they took bleeding it out. into the drums and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They said Weird. the big thing here was that they, this was one of the one of the records where they didn't have a lot of extra people on it. It was just them. Yeah, they probably there. had to get it together and be a more yeah, insular they didn't, act. Yeah, they didn't, it wasn't, they had a lot of extra musicians on other records, but not this one. Right. Yeah. Well, this maybe, is around the first time that they were using that wild little, where Keith was a big fan of that little, that, that slappy, vibey thing that's happening effect-wise. For, cor- um, it's kind of chorusy. Mm. Yeah, she right. was. She's so cold, and the, the pop, pop, pop. It's a, like a slap. It's like a slap. Yeah, effect mm. right. On. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking, like, going back to the point about the saxophone, like maybe they brought in Bobby Keys, who was on all you know yeah. all their their yeah. big right. hits, and and uh, maybe he they brought him in as kind of like comfort zone guy, like w- mm. you know when we have him doing a solo, it always sounds good. But then if they were really going for this kind of raw, gritty New York punk punky yeah. sound, they yeah. went. Saxophone really doesn't fit that. This is like it's got to be guitars and sex pistols. Yeah, right. it's got to be that the way that 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 is. I bet you that's totally true because that there's a a a dang 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 dang. That's they're doing that progression there. Yeah, it's sort of not much happening there. So you clearly could have been like, here's where the sax solo will go. But then they're like, no, we don't need it. It's kind of rad without it. And then then the that little guitar lick takes us back out into the songs. It's totally unnecessary. I bet it just was sitting there. It's old news, forgotten. Mm. Yep. Moving on. Another thing Mick doesn't get credit for because he's such a he, he's such a uh, what's the word, you know, especially in this era, he was this, this kind of jet setting tabloid personality, yeah, right. yeah. and I don't think he's ever been able to drop that since then. Mm, yeah. uh, but he doesn't get credit for his lyrics, which are so no. fucking good. I mean, what talk about a, a group of words that kind of encapsulate what what gritty New York life. Yeah, on the street was like Perfect. back then in yep. 1978. Yep, you know, so this this is the songs is like fucking perfection on every level. It is. I would submit too, going back to where we started today, is that Prince was a huge Stones fan and a huge Mick Jagger fan, and yeah. there's some there's a lot of stuff going on in this track that's very funky and very 
I, I know that Prince was heavily influenced by this. You could you could hear him doing this, like vo- vocally. Yeah, you could. Life's just a cooked up on it. Like this, yeah. it seems yeah, right. very like all that 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 sounds like some new wave era Prince right around this time and just after like eighty one. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say like the, controversy era. The, yeah, the song on that. The song that immediately pops into my head when you say like if, if Prince was influenced by this era of Stones in particular is uh, Ronnie Talk to Russia. Yeah, oh, yeah, thousand percent. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I forgot that one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, carrying on with with Mick and the boy. Okay, so at this point we're out of verses. I think it's just so now, and it's oh, no, I love but that was that's just Charlie. Bag, bag bubs up to oh, yeah, he's got so good, yeah. right? Fast forward. <laughs> I guess you can consider that a verse. I guess my point is like we've still got a, a minute and fifth, ten seconds left in this song, mm-hmm. and he's vamping out yeah. with all of these things that sound like you know maybe he did plan them out. I guess my point yeah. is like he's not throwing another verse in or whatever. Maybe the bed bugs one is a verse. Kind I, of, I don't remember. Kind of. It's kind of but for an outro. For, I, I guess my point is this: for most of this section, as we go out now, he's just vamping shit, and it, it is all different. It's all cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's none of it. He's not he's not he's not repeating the same kind of thing over and over again. It's just like this t- utter performance going on. It is. In, so it's one, one riff. It's one riff. Two chords. That's all that's in here. Yeah, like, two chords. Okay, so, so the good. verses yeah. are is when the chord changes. So yeah. he is vamping all that yeah, stuff it, about the bed bugs and everything. Yeah, it's all that's all vamp. Yep. I mean, he again, he probably conceived it beforehand, but just writing all those different vampy parts yeah. over those two chords yeah. and never going back to it falling up, you know, into a verse again or something. Yeah. Fucking Shit. Yeah, just yeah, that's a stone that's stone's genius attitude. right there because it's just like again that's they did a they traffic a lot in A to D, A to D, A to D, A to D and and it's just yeah. up to Mick to sort it out yeah. and then the groove is good. Yeah. And so they buy your they buy your good uh, good graces with that. It makes a fucking genius, dude. He gets he gets for as massive as he is, and as uh, he doesn't get the respect that he deserves ever, as far as I'm concerned, despite the kudos that he does get. Yeah. It's yeah. not enough. And I, the, the other thing I just, maybe I've noticed this before, but it, re- it popped into my head as, as a new thought. Um, the fact that he's doing uh, battered, splattered, you know, he's doing all the shattered rhymes and everything. Right. And Manhattan is almost a rhyme with well, all that, too. I, I, looked, oh, yeah. I, I looked at all that because I was thinking, like, okay, where, where's Hatter? And I'm like, oh, wait. Manhattan. Ma- yeah. Manhattan, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And I it's thought not of, a perfect rhyme, but it certainly thematically fits and it, enough. And it ends yeah. the phrase yeah. so beautifully, and I thought, and no, it's about that's what it's fatter. about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never says fatter. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it all the times whenever I am, like, most of the time that I get accused of being influenced, by, which I am influenced by Prince when I do my goofy songs or the things that I, when I do delivery on the things that George and I do together, any of the times that I'm sounding funky, it's not Prince that I'm doing or Morris day. It's always in my mind. I am Mick Jagger. Right. Yeah. And like, and it's so then I think it's telling that like the, 
the other side would be true. <laughs> like, like, oh, that's what Prince was up to. I mean, Prince didn't need Mick, but he loved him, I think. Yeah. You know? yeah totally. It's my take on it. Yeah. Right. Uh, cruising out here. What's say? Fucking Charlie. You just want to go fuck you at the end of that. It's just like that. Yeah, you'd have to be made of fucking, (laughs) fucking iron to not to not love that song and make it and like not boogie when you hear it. The the thing I love about it too is that is you can still hear them and it like even that ending and it made me feel like there should be go go dancers. You can still hear the '60s them in this. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You can especially that swings. It swings like the '60s. Yeah, that break. Mm -hmm. Also, that musical break. We're talking just the break and it's only different part of the song. They, you can feel the '60s in there. You can feel them still in there from what they used to be, right? And who they're becoming now. And it's just, it's a, uh, it's such a great track. Yes, yeah. I, I love and, it so and much. Can I say mission accomplished? Because I forgot about Paul Anka and and, and the Moody Blues listening to that song. I did. So yeah, it made well me so done. happy to hear that. God, so <laughs> save the fucking a, day. Really... <laughs> that is the oh. intention of the sorbet. Oh. <laughs> to clear it all out and think, oh, music is good. It's okay. Yeah, it's worthwhile to be in the music game. <laughs> I'm not going to give up my dreams after all. Some people... <laughs> I'm 51, I still got true. a shot! I still got a shot! Look out, hey world, oh. check me out. Oh, my face hurts from laughing. Honey, cash in the kids' college fund. <laughs> I'm going into the music business! <laughs> Listen to this, it's punk rock, but it's the Stones. <laughs> So, very good You're session. You're not going to have that abortion, and we're going to go forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sweep schmeep. <laughs> we're going to slide into the sorry zone, or whatever the... <laughs> oh, right, the, the, the slide the slide in What is it? The slide zone. Stepping in the slide Slip into the slide zone? You guys, it's, we, it's are, we are... Okay, let's just let it, we're let sliding, go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let's yeah. just end. Let's just end. Let's leave on a good Yeah, this is, we're, we're in a long episode here, boys. So, okay. Aaron, we're going to let you go. All right, guys. Great session. Number uh, one rockers. Thank Yes, thank you for listening to Ear Loathing, episode six. You're with the Gitmo Brothers, the number one rockers forever, and we'll see you on episode Ever. lucky number seven next week. Thanks. Bye. 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 Ear and Loathing. Talk about a goddamn dead dog. <laughs> Fucking ponderous. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.